Hi and welcome to the Delivery Manager Daily Podcast where I, Mario De Cristofano, will talk to you about life as a digital delivery manager. Uh, we'll talk about strategy, tactics, things to do, not to do, and wrap that up in a way which makes sense for you. This is a daily series of podcasts which are released on both your favourite podcast software but also a video version on YouTube if you wish. So if you want to get in touch, get involved in the podcast, maybe be a sponsor or just have an opinion, uh, get in touch via Twitter at MarioDC. And don't forget to check out the video version of this podcast on YouTube, The Delivery Manager Daily. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to episode eight of the Delivery Manager Daily with your host. I'm Mario De Cristofano, a delivery manager working in transformation, agile and digital delivery. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk about um, some of the characteristics and skills you'll either need or need to develop or maybe some that you need to remove to be a really good delivery manager and just talk you through some of the things I do, some of the self-reflection that I've done over the last kind of six to 12 months and maybe strategy and techniques you can use as well. Uh, to think about who you are as an individual when it comes to being a good DM. But before that, uh, really exciting news, episode eight, and we've already got our first sponsor. So news on that in the next episode. And in the next episode, we'll also be talking to uh, a former colleague of mine. We'll be talking about hybrid working and how organisations are going to get people and encourage people, not only back in the office, but talking about some of the problems that might be manifesting with people maybe wanting to stay at home because they're more comfortable or saving money on the commute and talking about everything around hybrid working so that's going to be a really great episode episode nine uh next not daily i'm still not doing these podcasts daily unfortunately but i'm getting there as goals go so so we'll see how we get on but don't forget if this is your first time listening welcome uh, the episodes hopefully getting better and better some of them the audio is a bit dodgy I'm, I'm doing this for the first time after a long time out from podcasting just getting back into it so bear with me like a typical agile project it will get better over time if you're watching on youtube you'll get some additional content and i'll include that content in the links in the show notes on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts as well if you're just listening to the audio version but you want to look back later. So yeah, it starts on a Sunday. What do I do to prepare? So what I've tried to do over the past six months as a delivery person is really think about what are the skills that I need have or need to amplify just to be really good. I'm a big believer in preparation and eating an unelegant term, eating your own dog food. So I believe that the organisation that I have on my projects and with my team should manifest in the way that I live my life. Um, You've heard of the six P's, I'm sure. Uh, Proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And I'm a big believer of that. Some of the things I do um, on a Sunday in particular is bath the kids on a Sunday about six o'clock. So the bathroom's next door to the office. So whilst I'm running the bath, it takes about half an hour. So I'm in the office and I'm thinking about my Kanban board on the wall, looking at the week ahead, thinking about the things, what's coming up. I'm looking at meetings. I'm seeing what meetings that I need to prepare for. Is there anything that I can do in preparation to make them go really smoothly? We spoke to him we spoke uh, we spoke about in previous episodes about the importance of running a meeting properly and good quality meeting agendas and outcomes so i set my meetings up like that it also enables and empowers me to run them properly so i can look forward over the course of my week and make sure that you know if i've got a meeting that i need to run it's going to be well prepared is there anything i can do prior to that day to just get things ready almost working a day in advance to make sure that by the time it gets to friday i'm already thinking about monday Then I'll have a critical look of what I might procrastinate on. Is there anything that I'm avoiding 
difficult conversations that I might need to have or maybe I've got to have a, a challenging conversation with a client or maybe I need to do a piece of work that I'm not very good at or need to wait for something that I'm dependent on and I haven't got the patience to wait or just you know get the difficult stuff done first the reason I do that is well it's how I run projects something that I used to shy away from a lot was the difficult things and getting them done um, whereas it's exact opposite now I analyze everything and think what's the the most difficult thing that I need to remove or complete to get to where I want to be and then I'll tackle that first um, by tackling those uh, difficult things at the start of the week where possible what you can hopefully do is then reward yourself towards the end of the week with work that you are more keen on doing so I don't record podcasts or do my video stuff at the start of the week because it's stuff that I enjoy doing. I use that as a reward uh, when I've got my week sorted and I feel like I've added value and I could look my employer in the face and say, yep, I've earned my money this week. So this is a bit of a reward for me. And then that way you get that massive oxytocin and dopamine release in your, in your brain. And it's kind of, you know, it's a good way to be. It's that work and effort and reward mechanism that you forget sometimes to do and hacking your brain to constantly be in that mindset means that I'm getting stuff I'm getting shit done I'm getting the difficult stuff done feeling good about it and then I can absolutely over index on uh, all the stuff that I love doing over index that's such a wanky management consultancy term isn't it you can tell I've been watching Gary V uh, sorry Gary not that you watch the podcast um, so multitasking is really important everyone asks me you know Mario you seem to do loads of stuff how do you do it that's one example I'm still with my kids in the bath right I'm not neglecting them or I've got half my mind in the bath time half my mind on, on work but I'm able to split my time and use the time I'm waiting while I'm waiting for the bath to fill uh, to start you know writing post-it notes as ideas and thoughts and things that I need to do as they come to me and getting my work prepared for the week so as I come into Monday I should have already been starting on tasks for Monday, the difficult things, maybe a look ahead to Tuesday and constantly working ahead of yourself to make sure that you're always prepared, you're always ready. And then, of course, making things difficult is if you avoid stuff, it makes everything difficult. So I try and think what's going to make my life really tough at the, st at the start of a week. What if I don't do is really going to escalate and I have a real, real... Um, pragmatic look at that and then I just tackle those things first and sometimes it's difficult we don't want to go into Monday morning and have a fight with someone or a difficult or protracted conversation but sometimes if that's part of your job and as a leader that's what you're doing then just get it done and then making all that stuff visible so again there's a little time management hack but I take my Outlook calendar and again if you've listened to a previous episode how to arrange your calendar and segment it into colour categorization, making sure you've got time for yourself in between meetings etc etc get that printed out put it on the fridge downstairs then that way my partner Becca she can look at see what I'm doing where I've got free time where maybe I can help out with the school run where maybe my serious meetings are and we need to keep the kids a bit quiet or maybe where they can absolutely run wild because I've just got, you know, an internal meeting and that gives her a little bit of visibility and helps her plan her day. And of course, every time I go to the fridge, I'm reminded of the stuff that I'm doing, what's coming up next. It sounds like a stupid little thing, but for me, it's a marginal gain thing in my life that really helps. So when we talk about being a delivery manager, then uh, what are we, I think, as a leader, one of the things that I missed is that servant bit. You know, I'm a servant leader to my teams and, and my project stakeholders, making sure that I am responsible 
and take responsibility for going where we need to go and removing any blocker or impediment to anyone in the team to get what they need to get done done now that doesn't mean that i'm everyone's kind of uh, pa and admin and i'm not here to make everyone's life all fluffy full of rainbows and unicorns but as a delivery manager what i don't want is a team struggling with some major issue and i'm just not dealing with that that's what i'm here to do so it's that reminder i guess of do you think you're a leader are you really a leader because i think i've got a quote on my whiteboard hold on it says serve those whom you would lead which i think is a really good quote uh, and certainly, you know, as I've developed my leadership technique and strategy, that's been really important to me. So on the screen, for those watching on YouTube, there's kind of three tenets of, of the things that I centre myself around as a Venn diagram. And hopefully I kind of sit in the middle. Uh, everything I do is backed around agile and lean practices. Everything I do. I've wrote a time management blog. I'll share that. Um, and I've shared that internally with some of the folk that I work with, at, at one of the organisations that I work for. But I kind of eat my own dog food so my projects go well because I'm organised and I've learned over time what to do and to not procrastinate and I do that in my own life. So all these little tips and tricks like print your calendar out, get yourself a Kanban, these are all things that on their own look not only so simple they look stupid and you think well why would I bother um, but people don't do them because of it and actually these little things added together over a period of a day or a week just save me hours an hour's worth of time, meaning I can go out on my mountain bike, I can get exercise, and it still looks like I'm absolutely crushing it at work. Um, and it's these little time management hacks that really help. So agile and lean practices across everything I do and the way I think. Team health and happiness is something that I've previously avoided, maybe at more of the earlier parts of my career, but let's let's be frank, you know, mental and physical health is really important. And again, another hack, as much as I'd like to look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that's never going to happen. Um, but what I do like about exercise, it's a strategic thing. You can outperform people just by being healthy and happy in your mind and body, which now this is going down the roads of like a self-help kind of podcast, which is not the, not the point. But, um, you know, exercise makes you feel good. And I get up in the morning, get up about six o'clock. I'll go out on my bike, do a little, little ride, right, cross-country, 10, 12k. And I'll get back, showered, changed, kiss the kids goodbye, and then I'm at my desk at least an hour before um, everyone else gets up. And because of that, along with those agile and lean practices, I'm always ahead. And because I give myself time to breathe and give myself time to think and relax and stretch and physically get exercise, that enables me to think clearly, enables me to be a good leader. And frankly, I think you have a responsibility as a team leader um, to do that, to set an example and to have the space to help others. Else otherwise, um, you're just not doing it properly, I don't think. And then the other part of the, the van is delivery support. So making sure that I'm doing everything to support the delivery of the thing that I happen to be working on or, or responsible for. Another acronym, ABC, assess, plan your improvement and track your progress. So something that none of us are, or many of us are not very good at is holding up a mirror to yourself and really looking at what you're good at and what you're not. And we often gloss over, certainly I do, uh, the things that uh, you know I'm not particularly good at or I know I need to fix. Uh, you, I'm pretty good now, um, generally, and I know that. Um, but that ego comes at a price and, you know, there are things that I still know I need to work on as a 40 year old man and I'm not great at and I'm getting better. But you use that small progress to, you know, they are still issues. So we'll talk about those. But on screen, 
are a couple of uh, metrics that you can measure yourself against that I find really, really useful. So the first thing as a delivery manager is your self-assessment, kind of the th six or so tenets with a scoring of zero to five of the things that I think you need to have as skills um, to really be a good digital manager, a good, a good DM. That kind of lean, agile practitioner, both a mindset and an actual uh, fluency in the craft itself to be able to pick from the entire agile landscape like a buffet and use the bits that are relevant for your client to make sure you're not bamboozling anyone with like management consultancy bullshit and making sure that you can practically apply just common sense you know agiles are really you know a lot of just common sense organizational uh, capability right uh, facilitation so the ability to facilitate whether that's meetings conversations the project itself being organized all the things like making sure your meetings are set up correctly making sure that you've got all your kind of life together your shit in order your files where you need them your ability to kind of facilitate that communication and that information handover across your projects and your teams that's a skill you really need to have if you're unorganized how do you expect you know anyone else to be uh, organized dependency management is another uh, another face that i like to measure myself on so how good am i at looking up and down the stream and looking at what's i'm going to depend on what is something i'm doing that someone else might be uh, dependent on project management so much about dependency management and it's a skill that i was pretty crap at for quite some time but i've got better uh, and i think i'm pretty good now enterprise agility so if you're a digital delivery manager you know ea um is really close to my heart and actually making it well what does it mean enterprise agility i mean seriously you know the practical elements of being able to work in an organization and coach and teach organizations how to be properly agile both with the big and small a is really important so having a command of that and being able to communicate it in a way that kind of makes sense is really important your ability to be a product owner is also something that i think delivery managers need to do certainly for the companies that i work for you kind of wear multiple hats and being a product owner is often very different uh, to being a delivery manager and having to do both at the same time can be a little bit of a, a challenge so but you have to understand how to be a product owner and how to make sure that you know everything about the thing that you're leading or working on or the project and often I find myself uh, certainly in one project over the last 12 months where I was a bit of a product owner and delivery manager at the same time so doing a scrum session uh, you know in a day I was both the delivery manager facilitating that scrum session but i was also the product owner uh, that i would consume the thing being built so i was also looking at feature prioritization and things and that's where we get into flexibility which we'll come on to in a minute and then the ability to train and mentor others once you get good i think you have a responsibility to uh you know pass those skills on and i think and i've always said I feel quite privileged to be able to do what I do and it put food on the table because this is something that I love doing. So I really am keen and passionate to kind of pass and coach and mentor where I can on the things that I'm good at and I know what I'm doing to be able to pass on to others. And that's something that I've really developed over the last 24 months and I'm really keen on. So I've measured myself, if you can see on the screen, and I think that's a reasonable balance across all of those traits, probably scoring about a four. But go ahead and measure yourself and see what you think. Or maybe you think that there are other uh, self-assessment criteria, but I think they're pretty, pretty kind of good as a baseline. 
The next thing is your personal kind of traits as well. So there's about eight of those, again, scoring from zero to five, and we'll just quickly walk through them if you can't see on the screen. Start with initiative. So, you know, I'm never constrained or bound by the project or its stakeholders and leadership or whoever I work for, you know, as an individual professional, you know, you pay me to have that initiative. So if shit needs to get done, then I'm going to do it. And I'm 100% going to ask for uh, forgiveness rather than permission every and each time. I'm more sensitive to that over the years, but I'm certainly not waiting. If something needs to be done and I can put my hand up and say I did it for the right reasons, then I'm going to do it. And I think... Uh, taking charge and taking control of stuff is really important and a good DM should be able to do that. That leads us on to being determined. So you've got to be determined at what you're doing and be um, clear on the goal, clear on the outcome, whether it's a project that you're leading. Remember, there should be a synergy between your ability to articulate what you're doing and why to be able to G up your teams and the client. And I just think that storytelling ability is often lost. You've got to be determined and you've got to be clear. Optimism. You know, what I've learned also, and in a previous episode, we talked about the shadows that you cast as an individual, but being optimistic and making sure that the team constantly get a very kind of balanced, measured, happy leader, positively biased is important for morale. It's important for mental health. And it's not about glossing over the disasters or impending fires. But as a leader, I've learned to do whatever I can to protect my team from unnecessary bullshit. That's not to hold them accountable for things that they should be doing and and if they're not doing the things that they need to do then they're held accountable for it but they don't want their boss coming in you know oh is he in a mood on monday because he had some beers on a sunday or is he pissed off on thursday because of that meeting on wednesday and i've worked for people and coached c-level executives more recently that are so kind of emotional what happens is it creates impotency across the teams everyone's a little bit scared and then you just get absolutely zero traction and I as a big bloke and again going back to that episode where we talk about the shadows you cast I'm fully aware of the way you can make people feel you can make them feel great or you can make them feel shit and I think weaponizing making people feel shit is wrong so you've got to be optimistic think about it like you're on a stage and you've got to present that um stability i think is important the next one's supportive so you know you've got to be supportive of everyone around you and make sure that you're there uh, to support and enable the team i think that's fairly uh, self-explanatory you've got to have resilience and it's not something i've always had so the next measurement is how resilient are you and resilience can be you know if you've had a bad day with a client is that affecting your kind of optimism and your ability to support? Are you going to take a few days to kind of get back up to speed once you've been knocked? You know, projects don't go particularly well uh, at any particular time and you've got to be ready for that and be resilient and be able to observe from a little bit further back and be able to be a bit kind of pragmatic. You know, resiliency is really important. If you could go on any course, I'd thoroughly recommend people go on an emotional resiliency course. It's something that really helped me and certainly at the start of my career, uh, I hadn't done and, and it just used to affect me time and time again. Being flexible is another measurement, really important. I think um, your ability to be able to go with the flow sometimes as an organised person to almost OCD levels of kind of anal kind of I want everything to go a certain way. Um, 
not having flexibility baked into not only your plans but how you are is, is a challenge because then you know if something doesn't go right or to plan uh, you don't have the tools in your toolbox to be able to kind of shift and pivot there you go pivot another bullshit management consultancy silicon valley type term um, but being flexible so there are times when you know a scope element in a scope of work that you fought hand and tooth over to get clarified changes again that's okay as long as you can you know help out on all the other things your initiative your determination your optimism being supportive for the team being resilient and protecting them you know so flexibility is a big one uh discernment so just knowing what's the right thing to do you know you got knowing what's good knowing what good looks like just being able to you know i kind of know what's going on i know what should happen you know having that discernment comes with experience but it's definitely a skill uh, that you build up and then detachment as well well what does detachment mean well it's the ability to not get too emotionally involved in in projects and as a management consultant what i see with some of the teams that i work with are when people are rolled off for example this is an example they're so emotionally attached to the project and completely unable and don't have the resiliency to think well this is a management consultancy gig so i'm going to get rolled off a project and i'm going to move on to something new and i find it baffling that as a as a management consultant that granted you build friends and a peer network and uh, you establish relationships with a client or a project that you're on and whether you're on that for six months or six years you always know at some point you're going to be rolled off for a myriad of reasons so it does surprise me when people take it as a sucker punch almost like they're being fired and whilst it's a bit I understand it's natural human emotion I think that ability certainly as a leader to be able to be detached and look at things pragmatically from 35,000 foot is a really important skill so you're not driven by those emotions and make shitty decisions because of it so again I've scored myself and I think I'm okay on initiative determination optimism and supportive kind of tendencies I think my resilience is still a bit I can be fragile sometimes I'm not always flexible because I'll god damn I like things to go my way and my detachment because of my passion that's sometimes a challenge and my discernment just builds up over experience but I think I'm okay across half of those things and again I thoroughly recommend that you kind of check yourself and, and see see how you do and then let's not forget our own undesired traits the things that we know how we have baked into our character and we know we should throttle down and I've picked four that I think are really good um but are also quite personal to me and you may want to you may have other um, other ideas but I think these are prevalent in most people certainly when you're a delivery manager and maybe um, you're not that good uh, directive uh, that that kind of dogmatic kind of do this do this do this almost the need to prove that you're a leader by being overly directive which instead uh, completely goes against all the kind of notions of agile and teamwork and collaboration and that if you are directive you need to be absolutely sure you know what you're doing and what you're asking for is correct because otherwise you're just going to get burned uh, being judgmental so although a natural human trait um you know i've uh, so let's use a, a practical example with what i mean with judgmental uh development team so the amount of times that i've heard middle managers in companies go oh well you know what developers are like and kind of tarring a, an absolute uh, discipline with with that characterization, I guess, of the kind of pizza stained T-shirt, and they're all kind of no social skills, and they're all a bit kind of uh, you know challenging to talk to, etc. All the stereotypes, right? 
baking that into industry over 20 30 years is really damaging and you know development teams suffer at the hand and i'm just developers if you're listening you know i'm not picking on you guys uh suffer at the hands of that you much like project managers would do so you talk to some developers and they go well you know what project managers are like greasy shiny shoed suited uh, tell the client anything but they don't have to write the code kind of thing so i think trying to minimize your judgment on both people people in your team um, and your own kind of negative biases uh, is really important being defensive now this is really difficult for me because again i like to think that i've learned over the years to be a good dm but yeah being defensive is really difficult to take feedback or criticism and uh, always really struggled with it and something that i'm getting ever so slightly better at but boy is that a journey and and this this what we're doing this exercise you know i'll do this once a month and i'll make a few notes in my journal and i'll look at how i've developed and if i have conflict or issue in my life i'll look back at some of these measurements and think to myself you know am i improving as an individual am i making the same mistakes again and again so i do pay quite a lot of attention to kind of measuring yourself but it's easy to critique yourself it's a lot more difficult when someone else is doing it and then I think the other thing for me is having a low threshold for, you know, when I'm frustrated, I get pissed off. And then does that bleed into everything I do or how I treat people or am I a little bit short or tetchy? And again, it's something that I've ironed out over time. So it takes me a lot, ironically, in my professional life uh, to make me lose my cool because that's part of the stage, right? That's part of being on stage and being that optimistic leader and making sure that you're unflappable because that's what you're there to do. But yet, you know, what I do have in my personal life sometimes is the, uh, you know, my uh, I'm not very good at being patient. And it's definitely something that I need to get better at. But again, I've scored myself. And I think what I'm trying to say there, if you're looking at the screen, is that I'm pretty bad at all of those things. Um, other than I'm not particularly directive, I'm, I'm really good at um, sort of collaborating and delegation. Again, something that... Um, I was never good at previously, but I think, you know, lack of patience, being a bit judgmental and being really defensive, I think are things that hopefully resonate with us all and, and is something that maybe you want to look at. So so as episode eight draws to a close, think about sort of yourself, maybe use some of these uh, templates, maybe once a month, think about having a look at how you've performed over the last month, almost a life retrospective. And looking at things that you've done well, things not so well, really drill into your character. If you've got an organisational company that you work for that does like Myers-Briggs style psychometric evaluation, a lot of people say they're bullshit. I think they're really good and give a real insight into you as an individual as well. And then like everything else, measure it, collect the data and measure it. And if you're on that journey of self-improvement as a good delivery manager, then you should be doing all this stuff because it's typically what you do in any other problem solving capacity so why not do it on yourself so that's it for episode eight i hope you've enjoyed that and a big reminder again next week uh, we i say next week this is meant to be a daily podcast and of course here we go next week um, but we have got a sponsor so news on that and i'll be talking to a former colleague who also works in management consultancy land and we'll be talking about hybrid working getting everyone back into the office or do they even want to Thanks a lot. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at MarioDC. You can listen on Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube as well. And if you've got any questions, get in touch. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.